Welcome to the DigiSoc podcast. My name is David Geerts, and in this podcast I will be interviewing researchers from the KU Leuven Digital Society Institute about how their research contributes to a positive digital society. Today I am talking to Jasper Gielen. Jasper graduated in 2018 at the Faculty of Bioscience Engineering in the Master Biosystems Engineering with specialization in human health engineering. During his master's thesis, he worked on stress monitoring in volleyball. After finishing the master's degree, he started working as a doctoral assistant at research group M3 BioRes. Next to assisting his promoter in education, he continues conducting research in the field of sports and wearable technology. And that is the topic of today's episode. So welcome, Jasper. Thanks for having me. Uh, welcome. Um, let's start with uh, the first overall question that I ask all the participants mm -hmm. or, or, or all the uh, people on the podcast here. Can you explain what your research is about briefly and then how do you think it contributes to a positive digital society? Yeah, okay. Uh, so as you mentioned, uh, it's uh, related to the field of sports and wearable technology. Um, and yeah, my, my PhD or my research grew into um, some very specific collaborations with uh, Flemish sports federations. Um, And together with these uh, federations, we look at how technology, wearable technology, uh, could be an added value for their specific case. Um, so given that um, yeah, sports uh, within themselves can vary a lot, uh, um, yeah, you can't compare uh, soccer to um, golf, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, it's also yeah, very case-specific, um, what we do, what we uh, research. Yeah. Uh, and currently, uh, we're collaborating with um, golfing athletes, with kayaking athletes, with volleyball athletes, um, and then uh, also with snowboarding athletes. Mm -hmm. So I think you could imagine that uh, snowboarding and golfing do not have too much in common. Uh -huh. um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, the, the methodology, the type of data modeling that we try to do, Um, is more or less the same. And then the fact that we apply uh, wearable technology is also yeah, something yeah. that links all of these cases, all of these projects together. Yeah, okay. Sounds fascinating. And, and we'll go into detail in, in, in some of those applications in a second. Uh, but maybe already a little bit uh, like looking forward is, um, okay, uh, applying wearable technology in sports. How do you think that will improve society or how, how will that benefit uh, us? Um, yeah, so the research that we do is uh, directed towards better informing coaches and athletes um, in, in making their decisions. So it's not um, that the research that we try to do is trying re to replace um, specific types of coaches, mental coaches, physical coaches. Mm -hmm. It's really um, trying to build tools to help them in making decisions. So if you would translate that further to society, yeah, it's also 
maybe um, general health-related tools that could uh, uh, arise from these projects that are also related to assisting people in, in making decisions about yeah. activity, health, sports, uh, these kinds of things. Yeah, 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 okay. So better supporting the yeah. coaches, trainers, but also the sporters themselves in, yeah, yeah, in uh, being informed uh, yeah. about the sport. Okay, let's 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 look a bit in more detail at, at, uh, mm-hmm. at some of those. So you mentioned different sports uh, activities. Um, what would you like to start with? What, what is your like uh, the, the favorite one of the four? Uh, if, if you're allowed to say that, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I honestly don't have a favorite, uh-huh. um, but I would think that um, the collaboration that we have going on with the golfing athletes um, is something that, that that I'm really enthusiastic about uh-huh. because also I think. Yeah, for most people, golfing is a little bit more of an exotic sport, like running, cycling. Yeah, you do that maybe mm-hmm. on a daily basis just to commute. Uh, but going to a golf terrain is, is maybe not that available to uh, all of the people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's a nice collaboration um, that we have going on for, I think, four or five years. Um, and in the... Um, together with with the Flemish uh, Golfing Federation, Golf Vlaanderen. Um, We're currently looking into the mental side of uh, the game and trying to also relate to my master thesis, um, trying to monitor and quantify stress levels Mm -hmm. in these athletes. uh, Because as you, I think, also could imagine, uh, golfing is is not a sport with the really high physical loads like running and cycling, Um, but there's also a high uh, mental component to it where they have to be focused, uh, not uh, get that stress, take the overhand, uh, but also not be under stressed or under aroused. So there is like a balance between being... um, being at the right zone or at the right spot. Yeah, so that's uh, an interesting one. Yeah, so you're focusing not really on the sports performance per se, but on the, the mental uh, state, uh, yeah. stress levels and how that impacts. We're uh, trying to quantify yeah. this mental state mm-hmm. uh, using wearable technology. And then ultimately, uh, we try to link it to their performance levels uh, to see like, okay, if we detect um, over or uh, under aroused or under stressed uh, mm-hmm. conditions, how does this actually affect uh, the performance? Yeah. Uh, because maybe some athletes, they they like a little bit of stress, they, they need it to perform better, uh, whereas others, yeah, they really need to be um, in the low ends of their arousal because otherwise they immediately uh, go over the limit, let's say, yeah. and uh, they perform worse than they would do in training, for example. Yeah. Um, so let, let's start first on how you measure that. So you say using wearable technology. Uh, yeah. yeah. What kind of wearable? Where do they wear it? Um, um, currently, we're um, mostly looking into heart rate, heart rate variability, uh, which is, yeah, I think a very popular um, metric to look at. Um, also, yeah, it's 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 widely available technology at the heart rate monitors mm-hmm. that uh, most people have around their wrist or the chest straps that are a little bit more accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the. The availability of the technology is one thing that we took into consideration in this decision. Uh, but then also, um, yeah, the, the practicality um, of, of being able uh, to use it also in the golf-specific conditions. Um, yeah, they will not go out and play with uh, very heavy equipment that you would use in an exercise lab, for example. Mm-hmm. So we're really trying to, um, at the moment, uh, we're 
measuring in, in training conditions. And we hope to go further to the, the real game environment, the real competition. So it has to be minimally invasive mm-hmm. uh, for the athletes. And that's, yeah, in the end, why, why um, we were more or less directed, I would say, towards um, these popular tools of heart rate, heart rate variability monitoring, um, rather than, yeah, so some other tools to, dis- to, um, to detect stress. Yeah. Uh, which are also being discussed in, in science and literature. Yeah, yeah. And and at what moment do you measure then their stress levels? Is it uh, like at, right before they, um, I don't know the right terminology uh, yeah, for yeah, golf, yeah. Um, <laughs> they hit the ball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so currently, um, as I said, we're um, focusing on the training condition and then also more specifically on uh, putting, which mm-hmm. is like the very short distance hits or, or puts uh, that you take on the green uh, to get into the hole. Yeah. Um, I'm also not a golfer myself, so if I say some uh, bad terminology about golfing, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll excuse you for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're looking into putting, uh, and there, um, as, as you uh, mentioned, um, we're looking at the stress like during their um, pre-shot routine as they call it so when they are preparing to take the shot um, all golfers have like a routine a little bit what you could compare to um, in tennis uh, when the tennis players they also before taking the serve most tennis players also have their routine mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. i think rafael nadal was is quite famous for it having all kind of twitches and, and mm-hmm. movements that he does um, and it's the same with golfing uh, and in this short period of preparation we're looking at um, yeah, these measures, uh, heart rate, heart rate variability, to see like, okay, um, is there some optimal zones that we could detect, that we could derive to um, guide them through the training process to focus on these zones? Um, or maybe the coaches uh, deliberately take them out of these zones to see how fast or how easy can they go back to actually performing on the level that they need to be. Yeah, yeah. So the the feedback that you give is then to uh, the coach, or is it to the sports, uh, to the athlete? Uh, um, I would say both. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's depending on how coaches and athletes interact. Um, I think uh, I've worked now with a couple of coaches, uh, a lot of athletes. Um, there's a lot of difference. Some athletes want to know everything themselves. Uh, some athletes rely on the coach and say, if my coach says so, uh, I trust him. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit dependent, but I would say in general, uh, it's informing both um, of uh, both sides um, of this of the situation. Uh, and then for example, also in golfing, um, the putting exercise, what we're currently in the research setting, setting um, are looking into, um, was created uh, with the expert on the putting uh, side of golfing. Um, But then the feedback that we create um, was also um, brought to the mental coach that they work with. And then in sessions with the mental coach, um, the athletes also discuss like, um, okay, we see that, for example, you're a performer who really needs low arousal to perform uh, well. So then the mental coach uh, takes up points that he has um, to bring to this athlete and to, to yeah, try to give him tools to improve in the future. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I also understood that um, 
it depends from from person to person right? yeah so someone might have a heart uh, rate that is racing but is actually quite calm uh, while someone else already has like a slow elevation a small elevation and, and yeah. might be more stressed out so how do you deal with that uh, um in in the collaborations we're always looking at the individual athlete um because well for one um, there aren't too many golfers at the highest level, uh, especially or even uh, if you're then going to the Flanders region. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, currently we're um, collaborating with uh, youth athletes from the top sports school environment. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, at this level there aren't too many athletes, um, and yeah, given that that it's a small population, um, we really try to give individual specific feedback also because yeah maybe um for a general public it's interesting to know like uh, in general stress is affecting you in this way during golf performance Mm -hmm. um but the top athletes yeah they really want information about themselves or about their case and they're not really bothered with uh, knowing what the the general uh, idea of of my competitors is um, it's really specific to their case. So, um, yeah, in, in the analyses that we do, uh, we also came to conclusions that are, I would say, sometimes contradictory from one athlete to the other. Uh, but then these apparent contradictions, yeah, they, they seem to match up with the judgment that they have from themselves or that coaches have from uh, different athletes that they're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would say that... that um, that's at the moment um, one of the contributions that we make that we can um, yeah give give some individual specific uh, feedback yeah uh, yeah not generalized but really like specific yeah uh, yeah in indeed moments, uh, yeah, um. Um. okay let's 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 go <laughs> to a completely different sports because you said indeed uh, you look at uh, at other sports yeah uh, so in golf it's really the mental state uh, of of the golfer right before putting and. And then snowboarding. So what what is it that you study in snowboarding? Um, yeah, in snowboarding, um, it's, it's well, there, the mental game or, or the mental side of things, I think also uh, is eventually uh, an important thing because, yeah, there, um, the danger of, of taking these tri- or doing these tricks um, could, al- could also uh, get into the head of the athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but currently, um, we're looking into more the, the physical impact of landing, um, so we're within snowboarding. Uh, we're collaborating with freestyle snowboarding athletes mm-hmm. within the big air discipline. Um, so really, yeah, the the jumps of uh, tens of meters, um, and there is a big risk of injury. Um, so as said, it could play, or it could have an effect on your mental state. But currently, uh, the research focus is on really the physical impact. Um, seeing uh, how big uh, this impact actually is uh, because not too much research has been done uh, within the sports of snowboarding Uh, and then when we can determine or quantify this impact like can we go or or can we move towards um, yeah maybe finding some thresholds like when is it too much Uh, when does an athlete do just too much uh, jumps or tricks uh, within one session with a with a risk of getting injured for example or um, yeah getting 
uh, under-focused and then maybe doing mistakes, which could lead to like really uh, a really bad jump uh, with an injury as a consequence. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, what I would say um, is the focus within the snowboarding yeah. topic. So I guess here you're not using a wristwatch to measure heart rate because that wouldn't say anything about the impact. Uh, so. uh, no, well, um, we're working with a chest strap that also measures heart rate but has um, accelerometers Mm-hmm. Um, within the system, uh, and so it's really the the acceleration, uh, and then also uh, in addition to accelerometers, accelerometers, uh, the gyroscopes to measure um, how fast um, they are um, rotating yeah. within the three dimensions. Mm-hmm. Um, so also seeing there because, for example, uh, concussions um, is not only rela- related to like acceleration or deceleration. Uh, but also to like uh, fast increases or decreases in rotating speeds mm-hmm. uh, because they also could yeah, shake the brain and, and cause concussions, yeah, yeah, yeah. for yeah. example. And and for the impact specifically itself, how, how do you measure that? Um, so there we're looking at, um, well, we have um, video data to see what's actually going on when the athletes take off, uh, when they're in midair and they're landing and then linking these these uh, labels or these timestamps to like the peaks in the uh, acceleration uh, and then not only the peaks uh, actually but also like uh, mean values or, or um, like integrated um, values over the entire landing for example mm-hmm. to really quantify how many g-forces are now um, exhibited uh, on the athletes mm-hmm. i don't know if that's the correct verb Um, and then, for example, yeah, you could compare it to um, to values that you find in literature from sports like rugby and boxing that also have really uh, high impacts and also have these uh, specific injuries of, of getting concussed, for example. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. One reason why I why um, I like the comparison between snowboarding and golfing, also maybe to add this is that with the golfing athletes, um, we're currently in our fourth or fifth year of collaborating. Uh, the collaboration with uh, the Snowboarding Federation started a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so in September, together with a master thesis uh, student, uh, we started working on this project and it was really um, more trial and error and looking like, okay, how can we actually quantify this impact? Um, so the findings um, are maybe, yeah, uh, At the moment, um, it's just in the in the phase of, of, of um, making an inventory of uh, what um, what loads the athletes experience uh, and things like that. And so it's not really up to the point where um, coaches, uh, physical, mental, really take these uh, these measurements into hand and are really adjusting training schemes, for example. Yeah. So we're yeah, that's still, still uh, to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. That, yeah. That's the future vision, I would say, to also describe or prescribe um, training uh, loads, for example. Uh, again, guiding this uh, decision making mm-hmm. uh, within the training schedule. Yeah. Um, but it's at the moment, yeah, still in the early phases, uh, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and and then briefly before we move on to to like a more general um, implications of the research. Uh, you also mentioned kayak, I think, right? So, so again, there's something completely different uh, that you study. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, well, the the 
let's say the variables that I'm I'm working with and the analysis also heart rate uh, mm -hmm. pops up again yeah. uh, as a kind of measure of internal loading of the athletes how they how they experience the kayaking trainings um, and there um, in contrast to like the mental side in golfing and the physical impact in snowboarding we're looking at like um, the the cardiovascular loading of the training itself um, so within golfing uh, we're looking at heart rate to estimate a mental state. Mm -hmm. um, within kayaking, I would say, as again, not an expert, uh, that uh, the mental side of things is less uh, important. And it's really, yeah, the the effort that the athletes do, the exercise intensity mm -hmm. uh, is really what's what's the main um, driving force uh, within these, these changes in heart rate. Um, so we're looking also there into... Uh, can we can can we um, quantify training loads? Uh, can we see when things like overtraining or under training are occurring? Yeah. Um, so yeah, another another case, another uh, specific uh, project uh, that we're working on. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh, move on now to. Uh let's say the second part uh, of um, our conversation, which is a bit more on the broader impact uh, and, and, and the implications uh, of, of the research. Uh, so, yeah, my first question is always who benefits from it, but I assume that here, uh, you already mentioned, it's mainly aimed at uh, trainers, coaches, and the, the sporters, and specifically, let's say, professional uh, athletes. Uh, yeah, right? indeed. Um, Currently, yeah, it's, it's really focused on, on the athletes that, for, for whom uh, the sport is like their main focus. Mm -hmm. um, I could see that, that the research could translate to more like recreational or, or amateur athletes, uh, but at the moment that's not the focus. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, I think that's the case that it's really the, these uh, top athletes or these youth top athletes yeah. that are uh, going towards um, a professional career. Yeah, but like you're saying, indeed, uh, maybe for recreation, recreational uh, sporters, uh, because the tools that you mentioned are actually widely uh, available. Uh, mm -hmm. You can measure your heart rate yourself uh, and, and many other things. Uh, so... I guess, uh, yeah, using the, the insights from your research that could also help me uh, when doing sports uh, in, in various ways. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, I think for, for each sport specific, uh, for example, also a recreational golfer, um, would, would uh, the applications or the tool also work out for these type of athletes? They could definitely benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And then a little bit broader, yeah, just in general, um, people who are trying to be active um, and trying to, to get some or, or would like to get some additional information about either the mental or physical state or like risk of injuries. Um, I think that that's um, how you um, yeah, could, could uh, sell these topics to the broader audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, yeah. And it's maybe part of the larger uh, interest in, in measuring your own uh, activities, like the, the quantification uh, of, of yourself uh, is often mentioned, or, or datification, mm -hmm. uh, you could call yeah. it. Uh, are there any uh, discussions or concerns when you talk uh, with the sporters or the trainers uh, about that aspect? 
Um, yeah, what I think I briefly mentioned is like um, the fact that the tools that we are to, trying to develop are decision support tools. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, maybe some of these coaches and athletes uh, could have the feeling that, oh, uh, if now uh, this heart rate monitor and that app um, could um, describe a trading schedule, then my job as a coach becomes obsolete mm -hmm. um, but I think yeah that's not the case definitely not for um, the very specific elite athletes uh, but also still for um, yeah recreational amateur uh, athletes um, I think the, the just the human interaction with coaches and the interpretation of the data um, is still very uh, uh, very important to have um, so that's why, at least in my research or in my philosophy towards the research, mm -hmm. um, I don't think uh, that the tools that we're developing are trying to get rid of uh, certain types of coaches, of certain types of elements uh, within this uh, decision-making for training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, more like a tool to assist them, to, to yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. that they can yeah, do their to make their lives better. easier, you could say. Yeah. Um, maybe yeah. Uh, we're not trying to make coaches obsolete, but maybe if they have some useful tools, they could um, take on more athletes um, to to, um, to, coach. to coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or yeah, if, if they don't have to spend uh, that much time on looking like, okay, uh, is my athlete being over or under trained, that they could uh, direct their attention towards other things um, mm -hmm. that are that are equally important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So human autonomy uh, and 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 human to human interaction. You say, well, it's it's even in a more high tech environment uh, is is still an important value. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, I would say in this elite context, um, but yeah, in general, I think in all um, levels of of uh, competitiveness. Yeah, I yeah. think it's an important thing to do. Yeah. Okay, so. I I always like to think uh, a bit like in, in a longer term as well. Eh? So, of course, you're focused on, on doing your research. Uh, very interesting in, in those different domains. Um, and, and, of course, finishing your PhD eh, mm -hmm. at, at a certain point. Uh, but then afterwards, eh, that uh, probably the research will be picked up. And, and how do you imagine uh, the future when all these technologies are more widely embedded in, in various sports activities. How, what, what would that look like? Oh, um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, um, I think um, maybe uh, coming, better, uh, coming back a little bit to my previous answer, that it could make um, the life of coaches and athletes a little bit easier also uh, taking away yeah, some of the doubts that they have. Mm -hmm. uh, if if um, the training data suggests that they are um, really getting overtrained um, and they also have that, that uh, perception of I'm getting overtrained, they have something to back it up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, when you just have to rely on what you're feeling and um, what you're experiencing yourself, um, well, it's definitely an important thing. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, the perception of the athletes themselves uh, is not important, but having some tools to back it up, uh, I think, is uh, yeah. is important to have. And, and looking at it in a different way, do you think that um, will those tools 
um, have them perform better and, and, and will we see new records uh, that, that will be shattered because this technology is now making them so much better that uh, yeah, that sports themselves are, are, are changing or is it more, no, we're, we're paying more attention to the, the well-being of the sporters so there will be less injuries, uh, better mental uh, health, uh, yeah. which, which direction do you think that that, that would be going? Um, I think the current research focus and also the questions that we get from the coaches is really on ultimately trying to improve performance. So as you say, uh, being better athletes, running better times or or Mm -hmm. being the best golfer uh, there ever was. Um, So, yeah, I would say that uh, that's the case. Um, I can't really remember the question. The the second part was... What about their mental health, their physical health? Is that also a focus? Do you think that also these technologies will enable the sports sports uh, athletes uh, to be more uh, mentally healthy and, and, and have less, in, less injuries? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, injury um, is related to just in general your health and the fact that you, uh, apart from your sports, uh, can go on to continue with your daily life. Um, but there's also, again, a link with the performance. Uh, if you're injured, you can't train as well as you hope to. Um, the same thing with um, if, as an athlete, you're able to cope well with your stress, for example, um, and you can, can perform uh, as you wish or as you hope during competition, uh, it will hopefully make you also feel good about what you're doing as an athlete, about your career trajectory. Mm-hmm. So I think... You can't really, uh, in this case, like separate them. I think they're they're highly intertwined. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The, just the, the health, the well-being, and the fact that uh, yeah, you're performing well uh, as an athlete. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, if your so goal in life is to <laughs> become the best athlete and to win as much championships or whatever, um, yeah, I think. Um, Technology to, to achieve that will also make you then happier. Uh, yeah. So one thing will support the other and, and yeah. that kind of will, will elevate uh, each other then in that sense. Uh, okay, interesting. Um, I understood that uh, you're working indeed with those professional organizations. So that means that your research has like immediate effect, like you're saying, you're already working with uh, the golf um, athletes. Mm-hmm. Is this something when your PhD is finished, that will continue? Will, will you continue working with them or will they continue using the technology and, and the insights that you generate? How, how will that work? Uh, um, well, I definitely hope that it doesn't end with my PhD, um, that, that the collaborations uh, continue to, to, um, yeah, to move further. Um, at the moment, yeah, there's not already specific plans to, to continue it uh, after my PhD or... Um, so yeah, I I don't really know um, what the future in in this um, case will look like, uh, but from both let's say our academic uh, side as well as their um, sports uh, side, there's um, a high interest to continue it. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say that if um, yeah uh, I would stop my PhD uh, from one day to the other, that there will definitely be. Um, um, yeah, continuing collaboration uh, between the connections that we have formed uh, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, that sounds uh, all very interesting. Um, thank you for this conversation and I hope to see much more wearable technologies uh, being used in various other sports uh, as, as I see that any kind of sports that you can think of probably will be able to benefit. Uh, yeah, from yeah, that. yeah. Uh, I think yeah. it's important to look at sports-specific uh, cases yeah. Um, and, yeah, to, to have... Um, Technology that's actually useful for the type of athlete that you are. Um, the tools that were, for example, developing for the golfing athletes, uh, I don't see them directly uh, being applied on kayaking athletes. Mm -hmm. The idea is probably transferable and, 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 and can be modified. Um, so that's yeah, what I think is uh, important to keep into account. Yeah, so there's no generic uh, solution to that. It really needs to be adapted. Uh, yeah, I would uh, say so. From sports to sports. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Jasper, for your insights. Okay, thank you, Dev. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the DigiSoc podcast, in which we share research and insights from the K. Leuven Digital Society Institute. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Jasper Hiele about his research on sports and wearable technology. His work is just a small part of a larger conversation on how we can create a positive digital society. Be sure to join us next time for more discussions with DigiSoc researchers. Until then, stay curious and critical about the digital worlds around us.